Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So let's blaze. Here's your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Welcome back to the Blazing Grace Show. This is Jason Graves along with Mike Janung and Rob McIntyre. Hello, howdy, fellas. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Hello. And we're excited about today's, uh, today's show, I, so I want to get right into it. Uh, last week, of course, we got to have my wife on the show, and she's in studio today as kind of a, a guest host to add some comments to a very interesting show today. We've got with us from uh, New York, uh, we've got uh, Bill McCoy from Tech Mission and Safe Families. Welcome to the show, Bill. Well, thank you, Jason. Thank you, guys. And I think I was, actually, I was actually in air. I think it's actually Boston, correct? It is Boston, and I was going to fix that very quickly. Yes. Yeah, see, I, I'm getting my, my area codes mixed up here. Let me ask you this, Bill, this Rob. How close are you to Pittsburgh? Because I just need to let you know that the Pittsburgh Steelers did win and Jason's team didn't. But yeah. No, I was aware of it. <laughs> We're still in mourning here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your support. Well, you got it. we're here to talk today about how Tech Mission and Safe Families are reaching people for the Lord using technology. In fact, at Tech Mission, their slogan is, Computer Skills to Make a Living, a Spiritual Foundation to Make a Life. So we just want to kind of start off by having you, Bill, introduce our listeners to Tech Mission and Safe Families and tell us about the relationship between the two and between uh, and the calling of each, will you? Sure thing. Well, Tech Mission uh, started in Boston year 2000. It grew out of a vision from Andrew Sears, who's our executive director. He had been working at a local church in a community center, Christian community computer center, and saw the, the need of people in the community to gain skills as a way to sort of break out of poverty and, and uh, low education and other things. He was able to see kids develop skills, go on to college and, and have careers, in the industry, and just saw the positive benefits and realized that dozens, in fact, hundreds and even thousands of these computer centers happening in churches all over the country doing the same things but not talking to each other. Hmm. And the vision that God gave him is, what if there was an organization that could help them all network together, work together, and also replicate the things that were working and, and just share resources and, and rather than each independently inventing the wheel? And that was sort of the birth of Tech Mission. Wow. Uh, the first program that Tech Mission really focused on was called AC4. That stands for the Association of Christian Community Computer Centers. I almost never get that right. Uh-huh. <laughs> well done. Yeah. We don't and, get that. Um, yeah. So that was the first ministry. It's basically any ministry that's using computers to reach out to the community mm-hmm. for those who are more economically and sociologically disadvantaged. So We have about 500 members right now across the country. Wow and um, about 100 internationally in other continents. And that's where you're working with pastors and ministry leaders to get resources to inform their church or ministry participants about online safety through you know, uh, uh, your presentations, learning about Internet filtering and statistics about the dangers to families online, correct? Well, that's where Safe Families came out. We okay. realized that if, we, if people are increasingly getting access to technology, they may not also be aware of some of the risks and mm-hmm. some of the dangers inherent with that. Or they may not be in the position economically to uh, to inoculate their children and their families against those dangers. Mm-hmm. So we realized.
realized that sort of giving this technology to families without giving them the supports and, and safety was kind of like giving someone a loaded gun. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that was the birth of safe families. Okay. Coming out of our sense of we know the damage that pornography and other dangers on the Internet can do to the kids and to adults as well. And we really felt like we need to have a program that's going to bring this to the awareness of the urban community and also is going to provide an economically viable option so that families who've never had a computer and barely can afford one won't have to spend another $50 on getting a filter. Wow. So that's kind of the genesis of Safe Families, mm-hmm. which is one of the other programs of Technician. Okay. And in terms of filtering, now um, you use a program, and is that a program that's like basically a platform of another person's product that you've branded, or is that something you've developed yourself? WeBlocker is the program that we recommend, and we're in the process of doing a co-branding with them that's still uh, on the drawing board, and we're still working the actual way that that product is going to be released. Okay. It is already available for anybody who wants to download it at we-blocker.com. Mm-hmm. It does have uh, a couple of issues that we're working with the, the, many, the persons who've made it, but they are committed to providing this product free of charge, right. which is pretty amazing. Awesome. So our, our goal is eventually to have a co-branded version that we can give to families on a CD or download along with other useful products that will help them to have a better Internet experience. Okay, gotcha. Well, and, and I'm, I'm interested because we've got, um, we have got a lot of our listeners who are folks who are in recovery, and, yep. and so they are going to want to know a, a few things. They're going to know, first of all, well, uh, what exactly, uh, why should I care? I mean, you, you know, your population is much different from probably our listenership. You're dealing with folks who are you know, underprivileged, who don't have the resources, and who are um, needing some support. Um, why should people in recovery really care about that? What is the connection that we can make between those two populations? Well, one thing that comes to mind, first of all, is that Jesus spends a whole lot more time talking about the poor than he does the rich. Amen. <laughs> and um, and basically says, as much as you do the least of, of those, um, you're doing it for me. So I think there is a mandate for all of us who, who named the name of the Lord Jesus to identify with those that he has a passion for. Mm-hmm. I don't see that as an option. A second concern I would say is that basically whatever starts in the city will culturally ripple out to the suburbs. Generally, things trends start in the city and they move out. So whatever is happening in the city, it's coming mm-hmm. to a suburb near you <laughs> in the next few years. Right. That's so true. As the city goes, the nation goes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that trend has been seen in, in every arena that you can think of culturally. Right. Bill, did you have your own issues with sexual addiction or pornography? I'm sorry? Did you have your own struggle or issues with sexual addiction or pornography? Oh, I absolutely did. And um, it's still a, a clear and present danger that I need God's daily deliverance from. Mm-hmm. But I, that was kind of how I wound up in this job in the first place. Uh, Andrew knew about um, about me. I actually grew up in Boston, and I, it's amazing. Our organization, our office is literally across the street from my parents' house. Wow. Um, that's, it's bizarre. I can actually wave to my parents before I go to work. They're still there. <laughs> and this is the house I grew up in. Wow. Uh, as a middle and, elementary, uh, middle and high school kid. Amazing. So I'm in the community that I have deep roots in. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm, a, I'm a dweeb. I'm a visual basic access programmer, so I have some experience with technology professionally. Do you have a pocket but, protector? Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure I had to ask. I'm sorry. And that wasn't you know kind, what, was it, Bill? Do you know what dweeb stands for? It stands for those who are 
doing willfully, energetically, and with excellence the business of God. Amen. Oh, All right. That. All right. Business of God or bravely, too. That's right. That's yep. right. Okay. Hey, Bill, you know, it, it sounds like to me, and, and with all the, the jesting beside, uh, it sounds like to me you've put your place yourself right in the place where you can be used mightily by Jesus. And, and what I'm thinking is, you know, as you begin to minister to people just in this specific issue, as far as technologically, there's probably a lot of other needs that you're able to at least resource people out, refer them out, or meet yourself. Do you have those opportunities to help people in other areas outside of this? You and, do. And uh, what this is, I've been doing this for years. I've been involved in, in recovery. As, as the Lord has been healing me, very quickly he put me in a position where I needed to uh, use another phrase, 12-step people mm-hmm. in the process of healing. Amen. So I've been doing that for years on a, um, on a fairly local level. Uh, first in the 12-step program that God used to get me started, and then in a program called Living Waters, which is done by Desert Streams. Right. right. And I've been on on the team of that for a few years and done some teaching. In fact, I did a teaching last Monday on temptation. Right. That's and great. then I've um, been involved informally because as as my story has gotten out there regionally, there's pastors in our community who don't know what to do with their people who come to them with this problem. Right. right. They call me. Yep. And so I've had several informal referrals, one-on-one counseling opportunities. And some people have taken me up on it, and some people have fallen off the bandwagon, but I've had a lot of opportunities to do this. Mm-hmm. Bill, do you have any stories of uh, how Tech Mission is ministered to people that you could share with us? You know, I'm probably the wrong person uh, in terms of that because Safe Families is literally just broken out. We're just launching now. Mm-hmm. And I have not been involved in the other programs. I do know the following, though, that um, the person who's going to be Designing our website as a kid who came from high school into that local area, that local community center. Wow. Fell in love with it and is now a professional graphic designer. That's awesome. Talk about and, step 12. And, and just for yeah, those right. of you who are, are just tuning in, we're, we're visiting with Bill McCoy from Safe Families and Tech Mission. And when he talks about 12-stepping somebody, what I think you mean by that, Bill, is the, the 12th step uh, in, you know, this is the traditional 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that have been adapted to many different types of addictions mm-hmm. and recovery, but... Uh, the 12th step talks about, okay, once you've had this enlightenment, once you've had this uh, awakening, and, and once you've had this character growth, now what am I going to do to give back to the world? Mm-hmm. And so it's really a redemptive vision kind of a thing to, uh, to, to give back, to help others give back. And so is that kind of what you're talking about, Bill? That's exactly what I'm talking about. And, and in fact, one of the premises is that if I fail to do that, then I'll go back. Right, where I came from. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That is I have true. to give listen, it away to keep it. Listen, I always say that a, a recovery that does not begin with the end in mind, and that does not go to think places like where Mike Janung has gone to put billboards up all, all around our town, saying, "Listen, are you struggling with pornography? Well, hey, so is fifty percent of men in the church." To right. be like a Rob McIntyre who has come out of you know adultery, to be a man who's written books, to do counseling. Or to you know be a person like uh, so many out there in recovery that are now giving back through their families, through their communities, through their through their churches, and and, mm-hmm. and their culture at large. Without that, you have an incomplete recovery. And like Bill is saying, there is a, a decided danger that you will go back to that addiction because you don't have anything to look forward to, and you're not using the gifts, talents, and passions that God has placed in your life to go forward and set the captives free. Yeah. Yeah, well, something I want to just add to that, it's it's interesting. Look at the two places of, of that. The one, to go to the addictions is selfish, 
one and then to give away is unselfish. Right. So, sure is. So, mm-hmm. so that's what we have to be about. If we're about God's work, it's about being unselfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that actually winds up giving us more. Absolutely. Right. Right. I've always said that God is terrible at math. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the world's math. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Well, okay, so now I'm getting excited here, in case you couldn't tell, uh, because I really love it when I find somebody who has the same understanding of vision and what it really takes. I mean, we have to begin with the end in mind, don't we, Bill? Yes. And you're you're called to a certain population here, and you know we've touched on a little bit. You're called to the underprivileged. You're using technology to reach people for the Lord uh, and That's to right. set captives free and to enrich their lives, just like this young web designer you've described, and he's come through your program, and as a result, and he's doing some amazing things and helping the, 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 the multitudes. That's and, absolutely true. And I'm just wondering, help us get familiar. For those of us suburbanites that you're describing who are very unfamiliar, I mean, I grew up, I grew up in a town with two black people in the Cascade okay. foothills of the Seattle, you know, Seattle area. And so as a result, you know, I didn't have a lot of familiarity. So while I grew up very accepting of, uh, of minorities, and I come from a minority background myself and my family on one side, um, you know, I, I still am unfamiliar with really a lot of what goes on, uh, in minority communities and, and hopefully Susan can kind of add to this and get our listeners more familiar with what they're up against. It's a lot of different things. Um, I'm thinking of my own sons and one of the other reasons why I'm committed to this whole process of keeping kids safe is because I'm a father of three mm-hmm. and, um, uh, so that I'm not just an abstract professional, I'm a client. Right. I'm fully engaged in, in wondering what my little girl is going to be looking at and what, what things are coming her way. But in raising my, especially my boys, who are um, one of the most at-risk creatures in the universe, an urban black young male, mm. I've, I've been learning what's out there. And it's dif- even different from when I grew up uh, several years before then. In a lot of ways, our community is somewhat of a police state. And I know one of you guys was a former cop, and so no offense, please. I'm hurt. I, I, oh, I'm so sorry. I no, really... I'm joking, but I did put my donut aside. But go ahead, Bill. <laughs> but you're saying that this is what minorities tend to grow up in? Well, that's what I've experienced. I've seen my sons accosted for just being mm-hmm. who they are. Right, for absolutely right. No reason. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even myself, I've been uh, harassed and even arrested on a very bizarre twist of experience. So I've experienced what it feels like to feel disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. When I pass the courthouse... Even me as a black, as a professional with a master's degree mm-hmm. and years of ministry experience, but still experience that as the other. Right. That that's not uh, a place where I have a voice. And I know so if I'm feeling that as someone who's middle aged, I can just imagine how teens are feeling that. Right. Absolutely. And how how much they're going to be much closer to, uh, or much more uh, likely to handle it in a less than desirable way. Uh, vis-a-vis their reactions, because they're not as mature as, as a guy like you. They're not as educated. So, right. So and then not only just... that, but most of them, very few of my son's friends have fathers mm-hmm. or any kind of male positive role model. Right. So there's not so somebody they there. they don't see a lot of alternatives. Right. Right. And then that just exacerbates the problem. It does create a cycle. Right. We've got a young man in our Bible study who's now struggling. The only thing he's got to keep alive is his drug dealing. Wow. And he knows that that's not pleasing to God, right. but he doesn't see another option mm. uh, financially. And he's actually trying to say, Lord, if you give me a job, I'll quit. Wow. And, he, you know, my, my son has been saying, no, it's got to be the other way around. You quit, right. and he'll give you the job. Right, 
Mm. That's a struggle. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a struggle for all of us as addicts exactly. too. You know what I mean? We want to, we want to, uh, we want to bargain with God. Now, honey, I'm wondering if you can, Susan, give a little bit of breadth from your perspective about maybe how as an inner city school teacher and as a, a person who worked with the upper class then later to go ahead and, 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 and minister to inner city uh, folks, uh, how your eyes were opened in a couple of ways, if you could give a couple of quick examples that, to kind of support what Bill's talking about and paint that picture from our perspective. Because most of our listeners, they've got computers. They're listening to this show because they downloaded it. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're not, you know, these inner city folks that, that we're talking about here. Can you kind of uh, give some breath to that? Well, I would just, I can just talk on what I saw in the classroom and that my students didn't have um, the luxuries that I had growing up at all in terms of um, generally most of them were were latchkey kids. And if they do today, when I was young, obviously we didn't have computers at home, but if they do have computers at home, you know, they have far greater access to anything as because most of the parents that I were dealing with were working two jobs in order to support their family. So they were coming home to an empty home. Mm. And so they were probably, you know, they probably have access to a lot more out there than um, is necessary. Um, but I, you know, I just agree with Bill and that the majority of my students were fatherless and the majority of the teachers in the school were women. Mm-hmm. And so they really didn't have much in terms of role models as to how to become the man that, we should be. And if you're a Christian, how do you become the man that God wants you to be? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, and, and my students, you know, pretty much their dreams were I'll be the next NFL football player or a drug dealer. That's, that's the, the two options that they saw for themselves. And generally they would lean toward, you know, the streets because the streets would provide for them much quicker. And obviously the chances of becoming an NFL football player certainly are very slim. Right. So, um, yeah, their options are really were very limited and still are to this day. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't last very long in the inner city as a teacher is that the frustration of, of not being able to get them, you know, where they need to be and not having the support. The inner city schools have nowhere near the support that the suburban schools had. Yeah, but there was times where you didn't have enough money just for even books for the kids. No, my first year of teaching, I was actually put in the basement in a room um, that used to be a storage room. Mm. And I got the job five days before school started. Mm. I had textbooks from 1960s. Oh. So I would go to the library and I would max out my library card. And get as many books as I could so the students would at least have updated reading. Um, I had no curriculum. There was only one copy machine for probably a 1,000 students. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we were very, very limited in terms of what we could do for them. And uh, it, it's really a matter of, um, you know, uh, dis- disequilibrium in terms of how the money is distributed amongst the city schools and the suburban schools. So, Does that kind of resonate with where you're coming from, Bill? Oh, it does completely. And what's very frustrating is a lot of the kids that I work with are brilliant. Absolutely. And in another environment, um, they would be flourishing. Amen. Right. Right. The fact that they're surviving as they are is a testimony to their instinct and their, their abilities. Well, and it's a testimony to organizations like yours, Bill, that through Tech Mission and, and Safe Families, you are providing those opportunities where the, the schools, where the government, and where the upper class, where we are falling short. And so uh, kudos to you. And I want to make sure that we have an understanding of how people in our listenership who have got a lot to give 
can get in touch? I mean, what are your greatest needs for your programs at this point? Well, there is a place where there's an ability to donate equipment Mm -hmm. on our website. If you look at, I believe it's on our Technician About page. Uh If you go to technician.org, there's an About section. We can use gifts in kind, and we will get, if someone has equipment technology to donate, we can get that to our membership all across the country. So any of those 500 computer centers may be able to take advantage of that. Okay, great. And that's at techmission.org. And actually, there's a couple. Okay, and it's actually on the Get Involved tab. Oh, it is. That's right. Yeah. You can donate. You can sign up as a church or a ministry for the AC4 program. That's right. Uh, You can become a member of their ministry. You can even get a copy of the Tech Mission newsletter. There's ways you can volunteer. And uh, you can also list your center uh, on their list, become a regional chapter, and so forth. But the bottom line is is that we need to reach out. And remember, uh, Jesus said, um, whoever gives to the least of these are the ones that I'm uh, I'm looking at, the, the ones that I'm going to give favor to. That's right. Right? Okay. And what I've is seen statistics. We're finding out that not only do Christian computer centers give these, these economic and professional and, and educational resources, but they often address spiritual needs as well. Right. And the rate of people getting saved through these computer centers is very high. Amazing. I don't have the numbers, but statistically per dollar, it was actually more effective than most of your evangelistic crusades. Awesome. In terms of actual kingdom salvation. Right. Because these people will come with a physical or educational need and have their spiritual needs met by the staff at the computer center. And Mike, you were going to talk about statistics? Yeah, I've seen where there's supposed to be 10 to 11 million single-parent families in the U.S. right now. And um, also, I think I've seen that 70% of the young men in prison in prison came from a fatherless home. Mm-hmm. Do you have that a way that you're me. plugging guys or young men into mentors? Yep. Uh, trying to fill that fatherless gap that, that is so critical in our nation right now? We're doing what we can. Um, and it's not so much tech mission as much as the organizations we're now supporting. Because I believe Andrew was able to see, I need to step back and given a global umbrella to help all those folks who are doing the direct service. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you say Andrew... Uh, can Andrew's you... the executive director of, of Technician. Yeah, introduce us a little bit in, in just about 30 seconds to a little bit of his story for our listeners. Andrew came from a very uh, rough neighborhood in Kansas City, Missouri. He describes it kind of like M&M. Hmm. Uh, hmm. It was very urban, mixed community, and a place with a lot of violence and crime, but especially a lot of sexual crime. A lot of the kids in his neighborhood were abused and experienced just rampant um, inappropriate sexual exposure. Mm -hmm. And that had an incredibly negative impact on all the kids he grew up with. Uh, And many of the people he's still in touch with from his neighborhood today are still hurting from that. Wow. So Andrew recognized um, himself. His ticket out was that he was a genius in terms of technology. He'll kill me for saying that, but he is. (laughs) And so he was able to actually get to MIT, and later even be part of a, uh, a huge company that was very successful, and, and that was his ticket out of that, that situation, that poverty. Wow, that's amazing. But he reached a point where he realized that in and of itself that wasn't going to satisfy him. He needed to give back. So Andrew's had a journey out of poverty. You've had a journey out of sexual addiction, and now you're both giving back. And I want right. to I want to thank you. Thank you for being a part of our show today. As we as we wind down here, I just want to uh, uh, give these guys another uh, uh, reason to get involved. Listen, if you're a ministry and if you're a church, I want to challenge every church leader out there to think about sponsoring, becoming a mo- uh, a member of tech mi- the Tech Mission family, 
and the Safe Families Program and sponsor another church or sponsor another ministry or sponsor another individual within the uh, the ministry of Tech Mission. Go to techmission.org, that's T-E-C-H-M-I-S-S-I-O-N.org, and get involved today. Bill, thanks for being with us. It's been a privilege. Absolutely. God bless you all. All right. Well, folks, uh, again, you've been listening to The Blazing Grace Show. Thanks for tuning in today where we've been talking about how to reach out to the the less fortunate in our communities through uh, technology to reach uh, them for the Lord. So if you want to be a part of that, uh, please get involved. That's techmission.org. And, of course, The Blazing Grace Show is listener-supported, so uh, any donations that you would like to do, give to us uh, are greatly appreciated. We just hit 2,000 last month uh, for the first time. Uh, isn't that right? That's right. So whether you're listening on oneplace.com or through blazinggrace.org, thank you for tuning in and tell your friends. Uh, we want to invite you to volunteer with us if you've got a, an idea about a show or um, how to you know, reach a certain segment that you really care about. Uh, we are glad to be... Uh, to be part of your dial and part of your your internet browser so tune in next week and may god bless you richly on behalf of our producer ted griffin mike janung and rob mcintyre this is jason graves saying we'll see you next time thank you for tuning into this edition of the blazing grace show we trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to god and to what god desires for your life blazing grace is a listener supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's P.O. Box 62521. 521 Colorado Springs, Colorado 80962-2521 Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at blazinggrace.org That's B-L-A-Z-I-N-G-G-R-A-C-E dot O-R-G forward slash radio dot H-T-M On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries look for blazing grace radio if you want help resolving a sexual addiction you can call rob mcintyre and jason graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL that's 877-590-7685 desiring for a specific subject to be covered on blazing grace you can tell mike janung what you want covered by emailing him that email address is mike at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening. May God shine his grace upon you.